Hello and welcome to episode 57 of the Movies in a Podshell podcast. The podcast where we take a theme. This week's theme is what could have been. And we're covering Man of Steel and also The Flash. So, um, as always, I'm joined by uh, the Man of Steel himself. I had nothing, so I just had to go in with that. How are you doing, John? I wish, mate. I'll take it, but not a chance. But, yeah. I've just, I've literally, I never normally do this. I've literally just finished watching Man of Steel before I've come on. Literally within the past 15 minutes. So I'm quite excitable. But, yeah, I'm good. uh, yeah, I've watched both films within the last uh, 24 hours, so... Nice. I'm also very excited and fresh, and it's all fresh in my mind. Yeah, let, uh, just to be clear, we're not going to do spoilers for Flash when we get into it. Um, however, yeah, I'm, I've am i rewatched the trailers, I will only go off that, but we will... There'll be some crossover and some, and some chat later, so yeah, looking forward to getting into that. But before we do, I suppose we need to do the classic. What have you been watching? I know you've been a busy man. I've been really busy, yeah. Um, Classic. Well, I've just, yeah, I've just literally, I've done my chores today, though. So I've cut the grass today. Finally, bought a new lawnmower, which is. I heard uh, it had five, five separate settings, right? It had five different. It's got five different height settings for the oh. grass. Um, yeah, listen. If anyone's in the market for a lawnmower, so I had a I had a petrol one, right? Um, and it just basically started pissing oil everywhere. So um, <laughs> then I looked, I looked on how much it was to get another petrol lawnmower and. They're super expensive, so I was like, Do you know what? My grass isn't even that big. Um, so I, I, I watched, <laughs> I'm 34, man. I watched a few uh, YouTube videos of uh, the you know, top five UK's best lawnmowers, and um, yeah, so we, we went with a Bosch Rotac okay. um, 34R. So I'd highly recommend that. I've, I've not long uh, cut my grass for the first time, it was quite big. Um, and yeah, I went from setting five, which is the highest, then to three, then to one. I was actually very impressed with how close the one is. It's really, it's like Wembley out there. Guys, you are still on a, a movie podcast. So if you've just tuned in and you're like a minute through and you're wondering why we're talking about cutting grass. Welcome. Yeah. I, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Sorry if I've set off your hay fever just by the chatter. Um, anyway, so what have I been watching? <laughs> That's a ridiculous tangent. Um, I rewatched. I don't. I can't remember if I mentioned this. I rewatched um, Matilda from 1996. No, you haven't so, mentioned that. No. So it was my brother's 30th birthday, and we basically. I was at his with like just loads of people, loads of his friends and stuff, and just ended up having about um, well twelve cans of beer, and I was like, I'd had enough. So um, ended up uh, with all the kids, um, just sat and watched uh, Matilda with them all, and it was like, yeah, it's it was good, wholesome. It? it was, it's brilliant. Danny DeVito is, is superb. Like what a what a um, character he plays in Harry Wormwood. Um, yeah, the car salesman. Yeah, the car. Yeah, he's just he's nasty. I'm he's... right, you're wrong, and there's nothing you can do about it. Correct. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, excellent. It's, I'm reading Moby Dick, Daddy. Uh, yeah, it's, it's brilliant. Like it's it's oh, brilliant. Um, yeah, and Miss Trunchbull, like excellent. Just yeah, terrifying. Just never. I, I, whenever my mind isn't thinking of something, it's probably thinking of that. Um, what's his? What's the kid's name that he gets forced to eat uh, all the chocolate cake? To be fair, I I always think that chocolate cake looks pretty good. So yeah, John is a big chocolate cake fan if anyone fiend, didn't know. absolute fiend for chocolate cake it is yes it is yes. Uh, but yeah matilda still holds up i give it four stars i love it um, i still haven't seen the musical though so that's that's on my list to watch and mm-hmm. um, then i watched um i've actually watched something john's gonna be buzzing about um i then watched a film called bros from 2022 which i was actually really looking forward to um directed by nicholas stoller 
and I'll tell you now, um, I thought it was dreadful. Like comedies can offend me quite badly if if I don't find them funny. Um, I think uh, rom com minus the com, you know, mm. uh, didn't find it very funny at all. Billy Eichner's character is completely insufferable throughout. Um, nevertheless, some nice moments. Um, I mean, I give it five out of ten. It's one of the worst I've seen this year. I, I would just highly, highly not recommend it. Just avoid at all costs. Um, so uh, last weekend I went to a stag do, right? Again, on the way home from that stag do, I mistakenly and shouldn't have watched um, Black Mirror, the San Junipero episode. Have you seen that, John? No. So I'm weirdly, I've I've never got into the Black Mirror hype. I've always heard lots of good things about them. and I will inevitably watch them. But um, yeah, I've not seen them. I'm really surprised. Though. So mm. the, the San Junipero episode is, I'm going to just read the synopsis because... I don't want to tell you anything about it because the less you know, the better. Um, and, and, and everyone's going to be like, yeah, we've seen it. Uh. Okay, well, if you haven't, go and watch it. Um, in a seaside town in 1987, a shy young woman and an outgoing party girl strike up a powerful bond that seems to defy the laws of space and time. Now, I'll tell you, this is some kind of romantic thing. And I was crying my eyes out on the way back from Barcelona in front of a stag do. Um, Sounds like a time traveller's was- wife. It was, it was, it was a hard watch. It really, really was. Um, okay. And then finally, something brand spanking new, which was Extraction Two. Um, so, oh, I will be yeah, watching that. Yeah, Chris Hemsworth, um, obviously directed again by Sam Hargrave. Now, is it a true sequel? As in, it's not a prequel? No, it's a true sequel. Yeah, interesting. Because at the end of the first one, yep. it was always that you question mark. Yep. Yeah, I thought if you were just gonna spoil the first one, don't do that. You know, there's a second one, though. Well, there's a second one, so, um, yeah. Yeah, well, anyway. um, For me, right, this is shaping up to be a a really, really good franchise. I gave this 8 out of 10. Um, The action is thrilling, and the physicality of Chris Hemsworth is genuinely a sight to behold. He's just an absolute powerhouse, and you believe every single thing he's doing. When he's chucking someone about, you just believe it. Um, There's a few one-shot sequences that are, like, genuinely stunning, um, I the only the only criticism I've got, and it's a criticism I've got of the second film we're going to talk about today, is I just wish it had a, a slightly bigger budget because there is a lot of CG used and it doesn't always look the best. So linking onto the second film, the budget isn't the issue; it's the fact it's been reshot multiple times and then CG's been plastered. And I'll tell you what I think for. about the issue. But we'll of get the second film. We'll, we'll um, get into that. Listen, John Wick Chapter Four can hold Extraction Two's beer. Oh really? That good? Believe me, okay. believe me. Um, it's it's no neon it's lights th- though. It's thrilling. Pardon? No neon lights though, right? No neon lights, but yeah, no, no like yeah. But there's honestly, oh, it's a thrill ride. I was like literally gripped, and people were saying that like Chris Hemsworth's not that good at acting. He, he's really, I think he's great in this, and there's like a, a thread of like his family and stuff, and. I just think, yeah, he's he's good. He does what he, he does what it says on the tin, you know. Having watched the first one, like I think Chris Hemsworth does exactly what he needs to do for the role, no more, no less. And I don't ex- really expect from an action role yeah, much w- more. What do you want from it, you yeah. know? Um, it's like and maybe I'm like, taken. It's just like there's enough gravitas to the performance to be like, yeah, fine, got it. Off we go. I don't. You love like Extraction too. There's some really impressive stuff going on. Yeah, really, really good. So the guys who directed Extraction One or he was a Sam stunt Hargrave. coordinator on um, some of the Marvel films and he right. got the budget, I believe, from the two brothers, the Russo brothers, when they yeah, finished the Marvel films, it. they've they've made that studio and they've, they're they producing kind of friends in the industry. But that's kind of why Extraction 1 was so fun. But anyway, 
Um, yeah, sounds good. I will be Brilliant. getting on to Extraction 2 at some point. I'm yeah. away now for a week and a half, so probably not then, but hopefully Yeah, I was going to ask how long you're away for, a week and a half, is it? Yeah. Good, good. Well, when you get back, we, 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 we I can, before I talk about the TV I've been watching, before we, when we get back, we'll be, um, we're going to be doing a, a film noir episode. We're just going to like, obviously we don't care about the listens, <laughs> so we, we are going to do a film noir episode. We've got a guest coming on as well, who is a bit of an expert in, in that, um, in that kind of old school film kind of thing. Yeah, John doesn't even know anything about it. Um, I'm just, try- I'm just trying to make his life as easy as possible. Is that all right, John? I'm just along for the ride. Yeah, sounds good. Was all of that good? Is that like, all right, yeah? Yeah, it's all fine. It gives me a chance to read. Imagine um... if I said no. <laughs> like right now. Nah, yeah, imagine. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, uh, right. I've started ex- I started Succession. Now it's finished. So I started Succession. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great. Really mean spirit. It's a thing I spoke about it on the last part. I've started Yellow Jackets. Good. So I'm glad you're Three episodes in now. Um, very I'm much enjoying it. big debates with a friend of the pod about... Uh, without spoiling it, Yellow Jackets like leaves plot points to kind of interpretation in two ways at all times. Is it like lost? It, in some respects, but it kind of gives the whole, you can see it as a grounded, this is what's happening, or you can see it as that's what you think is going on in a hyper intense state. And yeah. I kind of enjoy that because the whole way through I'm flitting between what I think with it. And I'm enjoying the ride so far. But I am. I I think someone messaged us back about how many seasons Yellow Jackets has and said they're all up for it. It might have been Kim. Apologies if it wasn't you. But I'm. I just. I've got. I've got some comments for Kim actually. (laughs) They're coming. Um, It's about Man of Steel. Don't worry. Uh, But yeah, it's like yeah, it's interesting to see where that goes. Um, I've just started some some new TV which you might like. I've watched a new show called The Silo, which is an Apple TV original. Another subscription. I know, guys. Apologies. Um, but essentially, it's about the people who live in a silo, which is like 125 floors deep, but they don't know. They know, they can see a screen which has a camera to the outside world, and all they can see is it looks like a nuclear bomb site, as in like there's no vegetation, there's nothing or whatever. And the episode starts with someone being cast outside there, and then you see them die. And it's essentially working out like what's outside the silo, who built the silo, why. And you learn in episode one, there was a rebellion a hundred years before and they burnt all history. So they don't know what the stars are. They don't understand why there's lights in the sky. They don't understand like anything about anything really. It's almost like a nuclear bomb's gone off. Well, we don't know. That's kind of the thing. But there's some people who believe that it's all a lie, like why they're being kept down there. So the series is, uh, it's got Rebecca Ferguson leading, who is in the Mission Impossible film series. She's also um, Timothy Chalamet's mother in June. Uh, excuse me for not remembering the character's name. So yeah, it's, the only thing I will say, I, I really like her. I think she gives a really intense performance. She's She is good. but She does intensity really well in she's general. She's doing American though, and sometimes it slips into a bit Irish. Because she's English, right? Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. However, I, I am kind of going off the base of they're in the silo so like what do accents even mean like it could all be like nonsense anyway yeah. do you know what i mean but it's it's just it's a really good you know when i don't not the same comparison but did you ever see brie larson's film room which was about how the no i didn't it's been on my list oh for my so God. long so what was so great about that film was th- no spoilers because maybe i'll watch it tonight okay i don't think it is a spoiler I don't, maybe it is. I can't go into it, but it's basically having a perception of the world around you that's so different to like what we think today and then shifting to that point 
and being like, man, they don't even know what the stars are. And then it's like crazy, going into it. Yeah. it's just it's really cool, like a really cool way of doing it. But you know, there's all those questions like how are they surviving down there? How do they have food? And like you slowly each episode see the systems of how this all works. Cinematography is really cool. Uh and it's kind of got that seventies kind of weird sci fi vibe. You know what I mean by that? Like um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And also, um they all work under this thing of called the PAX and the PAX is an agreement. It's a pact they've all agreed to, which is you have to work for the benefit of the silo, but you have still have lower class, middle class, high class, depending on your role Sounds in society. Like, so, yeah, yeah. It, it's really cool. It's, it's a book series that came out in 2012, 2013, I think it was. And I think there's three books. And um, yeah, the f- it's not it's what the books aren't. Um, it's not th- uh, related to the book Wool. Is it Wool? Don't believe and so. Not, not it sounds that. a bit like that. And it sounds a bit like Red Rising a little bit. Not that Book I know series. of, apologies if it is, but essentially, yeah, it's. I think the first season's 10 episodes. Um, it moves at a nice pace. It leaves enough mystery to keep you going. It's it's good. I'm, I'm pleased with it. I hope it sticks on the path it's on, but yeah, it's good. Sounds dead good. Um, um, can I tell you about something? Yeah, go for it. I've, I've just watched, because John was a bit late to the pod. Um, I was like, oh, do you know what? I've got, I've got an hour and a half. So I've just watched the first episode of The Idol. Thoughts? Uh, I don't really know. I've, I just um, I didn't have time for a shower before I came on the pod. Um, <laughs> I'm but just it, a freak, yeah. You know I want it bad. Oh, mate, I, I don't. My hair, touch me. You can do the whole song. Um, <laughs> it's, the funny thing is that's supposed to be a bad pop song, and like the joke is, it's, like, decent, it's in my head already, song, and it sticks in my head so much because that first episode it gets about twenty plays. They're just like doing the dance routine over, over, and over. The, the, the problem. The problem I have with it is obviously we we spoke uh, John spoke about it and uh, last episode it's, it's basically about a um a, a music a pop star um who's had like a breakdown um and her recovery her, tour essentially she's, yeah That's she's having a recovery yeah. tour um and uh, yeah so the only thing I, I didn't I just really struggle with the weekend mate like it, it's um it was he's really grimy it's re- isn't he but that is like the, I was sitting there cringing I know that's, the, that's the, the point. point and I think I'm he, sitting there like cringing look, I will see like so many people are tweeting me and like oh the weekend's a terrible actor terrible actor I kind of think he's just trying to play I have two minds in it in the so I've just watched episode three which has some really nice character moments um for Lily Depp's character and they're all without the weekend in it <laughs> make of that what you will good but I think that um a lot of the issues people have with him he's supposed to make you feel uncomfortable you're not supposed to like him but the feedback I've heard from people is if he's basically leading her into this culty lifestyle and his weird way of thinking he needs to have something that we can attach on to that we're like oh I get that spark but He's just a bit of an ass from the start. There's not really any spark to kind of see why you'd want to follow him. Like, what greatness does he have? But I think I'm not quite sure what people are looking for with that. So it's like he's essentially a Charles Manson character. I mean, I don't know. I've only got episode one, so like, as in, I guess okay, we'll... let, let, let's clarify that. He's not leading people to kill people, but he's changing people's viewpoints and really making them act and behave in a way that, like, without yeah like a cult a cult it's leader, a cult it's a cult almost. leader so yeah but anyway look i'm i it's the last episode was pretty uncomfortable it's basically uh i, I can't really go into spoilers, yeah no no spoilers wait no yeah, one's watch it look it's it's still shot beautifully that's all i ever say about those shows these days but the the there are moments where it is slow i'm not gonna lie it, it did slow down in episode three for me but i just feel like sometimes there's good ideas and good themes, but the series could be way shorter. 
Now, it is already shorter than a series of Euphoria, which is nine episodes, but I just feel like sometimes it does become self-indulgent. But, hey, I'm still enjoying it enough to keep going. Um, Good. Yeah. You watched anything else? I watched The Idol. Um, I went to the cinema, but obviously that was to go and see the second film, so that means absolutely nothing. So, no, that is where I am at. John, please join me. This is, do you know what? This has been a long time coming. Is that the, the, the drums at the beginning of Man of Steel? Yeah. We are doing Man of Steel 2013 by the auteur, Zack Snyder. Goodbye, my son. Our hopes and dreams travel with you. You'll be an outcast. I'll kill him. How? be a god to them. What if a child dreamed of becoming something other than what society had intended? He is an auteur before any of you come back and start saying, no, he's not. He is. Well, I've, I've had some, a it's lot of interesting... day today for absolutely no reason, but look. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. It's, oh, the, thi- the thing for me... And before I get into any, any of anything about anything, Man of Steel came out in 2013, and it oh, looks gorgeous. glorious. So I watched it in 4K. It looks amazing. The CG looks good, and I've got reasons why the CG looks good. I've got so I, I. I know why it looks good, apart from the fact it was planned out and storyboarded methodically, and they actually stuck to that idea. Um, but it just annoys me that whether you like Man of Steel or not, it has a vision and a take on a character. So you may not like that vision or take on the character, but it has a distinctive viewpoint of that world and sticks with it. It's like, okay, I like Greek mythology. I like the idea. You know, everyone knows Jesus is uh, Jesus and Superman are kind of related with a kind of look. He's this figure that was sent by blah blah blah, blah and he's you know, he's always viewed as like this messianic figure that's going to bring change. And I just feel like that whole whole work of like. Zack Snyder put in Superman is undone slowly over the films that followed and then by the film we will discuss as a second film it's just kind of I hate where that that whole universe went because for me as the episode is called what could have been I feel like what could have been is a universe where we had Man of Steel 2 so we have Man of Steel 1 and I think it is a strong opener I think it had some issues people didn't like but I think it's a strong opener I think we needed a sequel, which was Man of Steel 2, or an individual Batman film, and then BVS. For context at the time, Avengers came out in 2012, was it, or 2010? So this came out after that, and DC were playing catch-up. It was like, we've got to get the joint film. We've got to get everyone together, ASAP. So when Batman v Superman was being written, I feel like really Snyder wanted to do another one in between. I don't know that for a fact, but I always felt like it needed that bridge film in between where maybe Batman had a cameo at the end, if you see what I mean. Um, yeah. And then when you hit BVS and suddenly... Sorry, there's an ice cream man. Ding, dee, dee, dee. Jamie's muted himself, but he's probably moaning about the ice cream man. What a tune. No, 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 no. It I, I love tune, it. I love it. It's, it's, it's joyful, isn't yeah, it? It's the, it. the joy to every children's ears. If, yeah. Yeah. If, if your mum's going to buy you when the music's you playing, yeah. it actually means that they've run out of ice cream. But anyway. Oh, is, that what, is that what your dad used to say? <laughs> the classic. Cruel. Anyway, um... 
I have no idea what I was saying about Man of Steel now. So you were kind of just saying um, about you, you, you feel Sorry. like Snyder would have had films in between. I, I, yeah, I do. And I feel like in BVS, the worst parts are the bits when it's like the flash drive, which has the flash on Aquaman. And you remember there's like the secrets where they've got the little logos pre-made for them and all that yep. stuff. And I feel like that was like the epitome of a rush job and studio interference. And as much as I love the Snyder cut, it's still not, I think, what the original intentions were all through those films. So, so do, do you do you think do you feel like um, why do you think they rushed it? Is it because they were trying playing catch up absolutely. with Marvel? Because because at that point you had the Dark Universe, which was like also had like Tom Cruise in where they released that new version of the Mummy, and they were like we're going to release these like all these films and like Dreadful. here's all the actors we've signed up, and then it failed after one film. It flopped after one film, and they went no, we're not doing that. Um, everyone was trying to make a world, and I think to be honest. The reason films recently have done well is just by concentrating on that one thing and not trying to expand it. Like the Batman, Matt Reeves, the Batman was just its own thing. The Joker, to be fair, was its own thing. And I think people are kind of tired of everything being linked up. And the the kind of um, the fact Marvel were the first to do it meant that they had that their stakes in that. And I think as soon as like DC tried to catch up with that, although it was logical they should do it, it was too close to them. Do you know what I mean? If it was a few years apart, if DC yeah. had started it now, if they'd just done individual films to this point, and let's be honest, Marvel's going downhill recently. If DC started doing the world building crossovers now, I feel like people would have a lot more time for it on the basis of they're not having to do the Marvel one and the DC one. Yeah, but the superhero genre in general is in decline anyway. So they've, they've released, they've now released this Flash film when, well, they forced, they forced it out. They forced it out like um, when really they probably should have scrapped it but we'll talk about why they should have scrapped it in a bit before um, we get into what could have been which we've already covered off maybe we should start with actually jamie summary on plot of actually what is man of steel about for someone who's been living under a rock and has not seen man of steel so essentially the we we begin on the planet krypton which is where superman's from hmm. um and it's about uh, an alien that is evacuated from his world um that is up to die um, and sent to the closest world that that they can, um, or the closest habitable world, which is Earth, to live among humans, where he will be a god. Um, obviously, then Earth's peace is um, threatened when Zod, General Zod, who is believes he's essentially a Hitler-esque style character, who Superman is the is the last kind of proper full birth um, that Krypton has had in in generations. Um, <laughs> Michael Shannon, brilliant. Um, they're essentially um, growing children, I guess, um, and so he kind of doesn't believe in that, and he, he and so he goes. He's he a miracle goes in baby, search. isn't he, Superman? Because he was the first natural birth on Krypton in like what you said, hundreds of years or whatever. So Jesus, and so there is religious allegories around this film about Jesus. Um, John, what, what? Pardon? He's a messianic figure. He is. The we have so we have we obviously do see um, we we see. Superman's dad, who is uh, played by Russell Crowe. I um, love Russell Crowe in this film as well. But anyway, yeah, continue. He's great. He's great, and he and he's essentially just trying to do the right thing. Um, and Zod doesn't want it to. Alter, he doesn't want it to happen. So there's a big fight on the planet. Blah blah blah. And then Zod is um, sentenced to be sent away. Um, what does he say before he's sent away, John? I will, I will find. Is it like what's the mom called? Before I say it wrong. 
<laughs> I don't want to say the wrong thing. <laughs> the, mu- um, the mum is called... The mum on uh, Krypton. Lara is like, I will find him, Lara. I will find him. I will find him. I will find him! But yeah. <laughs> it's brilliant. Like um, just, he does it way more intense and much better. But like, there's a Shakespearean vibe to all of it, and it's excellent. Like, It's got real... Yeah, it's got gravitas and like it's so melodramatic, but it's fantastic. Like I genuinely think the best parts of DC is the opening thirteen minutes of Man of Steel. Soon as you like, you know, you, you again. I'm stopping Jamie about what happens afterwards. Then Superman lands on Earth. Whoop de do. He gets raised uh, and learns values about how rubbish people are to him for being different. He can't fight back. His dad teaches him a lesson about moral responsibility. And hey ho, before you know it, General Zod's caught up because he's gone to the. Um, Superman himself has gone to find out about his history, and there's a ship located somewhere. And he puts in his fancy Superman USB stick <laughs> into like the codex. Sorry for the real fans. I want one of them. Yeah, he puts the codex into. Uh, a, a previous crash um, a Kryptonian vehicle and it sends a warning over to General Zod who knows where to find him General Zod comes over and he wants to terraform Earth to be suitable for Kryptonians and bring the um, they're basically the embryos aren't they like of like the remaining Kryptonians to like breed again and yeah, start the yeah, new at the cost of at the cost of humanity all of humanity so sorry there's a few ranty lines there but like man of steel the open 13 minutes so you've got the legendary logos you've got the warner brothers stuff it's all kind of muted tones and bronze like they created their own language they created their own language which is all drawn hand carved into everything on krypton and then like a real language and then literally it's just like it establishes very quickly what's what's going on so first of all you have the birth of superman first natural birth and it's like very tastefully shot and like it's um classic snyder it's very like high um depth of field as in like it keeps blurring in and out and like you just focus on key points and then before you know it as superman's born and lara cries out as she gives birth you see the cry of a massive dinosaur like creature up to like the sun and like visually it's a comic book panel and this is why i love snyder's work for so many reasons but visually i think he just understands the comic page and like how to put it on screen and i still don't think i've seen anyone do it better in any Marvel film or any, that that ice cream man's really going for it. I know he's, he's he's he really has <laughs> run out of ice cream. Trade. <laughs> he's he's upset. He is teasing them kids. Yeah, but um, I just think all the stuff on Krypton's fantastic. There's obviously nods to Apocalypse Now with like the helicopters coming towards the sunset, all those kind of shots, and it's just it's it's the CG is so good and. Part of the thing that Zack Snyder does is his costume design is always quite muted colours and people have complained about the colour grade. And there is Very cool, isn't for it? Being that darker lighting scheme, it actually helps maybe cover up some of the imperfections of the CG. I think that might be true. I also think he really thinks about how the camera works in the, in the, in the computer to film the CG. So, Man of Steel, the one thing I really noted, what does this film lack that everyone attributes to Zack Snyder? Like what's the, when you say Zack slow mo? Yeah, what's the first thing you say when you say Zack Snyder? You go slow motion, too much slow motion. There's like none in Man of Steel. No, it's fast. Name one it's... sequence where he actually slows anything down. No, yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, it's you're mad, right, isn't it? And I, it I couldn't mad. believe that watching it back. So I was like, oh, okay, like okay, cool. Um, but what they do is to kind of get the speed of how Superman's moving. If he's flying, it's like you're on a GoPro on his back, and the and the Hand-held, cape's getting in your way. 
it's like you know he's shaking around loads if it's being filmed um from a human's perspective it's doing the documentary camera thing where you know if you follow a subject and then you crash zoom in because you're trying to get close to see the action what yeah. that does is add a reality to it also it means that there's probably shots where the cg figures are smaller on screen so they probably don't have to be as detailed i noticed this and but the beauty of that is then when it cuts to normal people it all ties in uh, so a film from 2013 we'll get into why this is important but a film from 2013 looks better than most films that are released now cg wise now probably there were less cg movies around that point as well because i know effects houses are really pushed at the moment because the amount of content for bloody streaming stuff and films in general marvel uh just disney products in general star wars all that stuff and this was just like as i said at the start it's a clear vision and you may not like that vision but it's obviously been storyboarded to hell so it's like absolutely clear what they wanted i feel like they had a singular vision and it's executed no superman film before this like including the brandon ruth one ever kind of showed the physicality of what superman could really do you never got the feeling of like if something was punched or through a building it was always slow because of wire work or whatever else this really got that over like the fights with zod throughout the film are like you feel every punch and it feels and you feel like you're moving and flying with it but i'm not wearing 3d glasses or anything it's just it's got momentum i just yeah sorry i had had it turned up to 70 um (laughs) no so when you're talking about the look of the film a lot do you know, so obviously the best looking superhero film, I do think it's Man of Steel or maybe, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it, is, I think it might be Watchmen. Um, yeah. The other, so the best, what's it, for you, this reminded me a lot of the look of another Marvel film. What Marvel film would I be talking about? What's the best shot Marvel film? What's the best looking Marvel film, John? I don't know where you're going with this. Thor, Kenneth Branagh, 2011, right? You, you looks like Thor. I thought you were going to say The Winter Soldier. <laughs> no, well, no, honestly, I I think Thor has such stunning stills throughout the film. The, the, the effects look amazing. The scale is amazing. I hate the blonde eyebrows, though, but that's a different thing. Yeah, I don't care about that. Um, but So when I was watching this, that I did think about that a lot. Like, um, it really, really... This, this is 10 years before The Flash. Yeah, which is... Which and now we'll, we'll, I've got a couple of reasons why I do think that the the Flash does have such atrocious 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 CG. Um, so at points, for, but yeah, at points it's not at it's points. Not yeah, at points it doesn't. For me, this this doesn't feel like so. There's, I mean, friend of the show, good friend of the show, Ooh. Kim really You're did in go here, in. Kim Jamie was riled about this before we even came on air, but go for it. Um. It's a cheap copy. It's a cheap copy of Marvel success disguised as a movie, uh, whilst trying to profit off Nolan's success with The Dark Knight. This is her comments to me, by the way. This is a surprise. I did tell her I was going to share this. Can I? What's your What's your thoughts on that? So let's roll back. In Kim's defence, when this film came out, it was all marketed as produced by Christopher Nolan because everyone loved the Dark Knight trilogy. He was and, on set, wasn't he? And they didn't like the idea of, um, you know. I suppose you, Nolan only ever wanted to do three, and Christian Bale said he'd only do another one if Nolan would do it. So that yeah. universe was dead. Like it, it was. I mean, for all it's worth, I think it's a very good trilogy. I know the third one has some issues, but I think it's a great trilogy, and everyone looks. Oh, so yeah, superb. Yeah. This is a very different beast, and I think Nolan knew that, and he wanted to be, wanted it to be a different beast. 
but they did market a lot of his name. There's no two ways about it. It was like Snyder didn't quite have the name. They used to call him like a visionary director, though, didn't they? Like because people knew his visual visionary director who directed Three Hundred and you know Watchmen, which were both. Oh, Snyder, sorry, yeah, you talking yeah, about sorry, yeah, 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 of course. So yeah. my point is, they kind of made up like he, you know, Nolan's the brains behind it, and you know, Snyder's kind of just shooting it, making it look pretty, which is interesting. But I don't know. I I remember the marketing campaigns being that way, and I think that is a fair argument. All Fair the time, they, they put Spielberg's name on something like produced by Steven Spielberg, well, and I'd be future. like, you'd just go and see it. Back to the Future and yeah. Goonies. All, all, there's plenty of films that have been produced by those people. Um, I thought there was another bit Kim said as well, which we haven't read out yet. So should we do that as well? While we're on Kim, yeah, let's do. It. So Kim on, did Kim. write in actually with a question. So, um, right here we go then. So, um, which is, do you know what? And by the way, it's it's really. I said I said to her, I should have got you on because. Having a different perspective really Debate. would have helped. Let's do it. Um, but yeah, so um, Kim Kim mentions that uh, Man of Steel was marketed and released off the back of the Dark Knight trilogy, Correct. pushing Nolan's involvement and not as a separate entity. So felt connected to that universe. No, I don't quality- agree with that. I don't think it tried to say it was that universe. So sorry, that's that was my differentiate point they were associating it with nolan but at no point did they try and say batman was in that universe they had the wayne logo on the satellite but very quickly like christian bale and co said it was nothing to do with them so i don't feel like they tried to market people on that point so yeah kim kim's opinion is then that the dceu was doomed to fail as soon as man of steel steel was released um and then uh, the quality was off in comparison to the Dark Knight trilogy and also for it to then divert to give us a brand new Batman. If Man of Steel had come out five years after the Dark Knight trilogy, I don't think anyone would have even battered an eyelid of like comparing it. I think it would have been viewed better. And I'm not just saying that. I, I think at that point, Marvel was riding so high, it was a losing battle. And I think realistically, if it had come later with its fresh take on being moodier and more adult and thinking about things in a different way... I think it may have been more successful. But classic Warner Brothers or any film studio, you want to get hot on the success. The Batman trilogy's just done well. The last one came out in 2012, I think, was the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, I think so. Ish. So, you know, you quickly want the next thing and they're like, we want a Superman series. But, yeah, it's, it's a hard one, isn't it? I I kind of wait. I genuinely wish, and in, in Flash's world, there might be a... a parallel universe where this happened or multiverse where this happened but like i feel like the dcu you're right like it was kind of the beginning of the end ironically but i think it was the decisions that were made after this film it was the reaction to this film which sparked a lot of the issues that came later i i actually think that i I, so for me man of steel i think it's absolutely stunning and i think the film is good and i think a lot of the reason why people don't like the film is because it's snyder and people have a this thing against them, I don't know what it is. I actually have the hottest take on the planet, right? He's and doing it. and I'm having and I'm having it right. When I when I watch Man of Steel, when I was watching it, I'm like, God, the scale of this, it feels so epic and it feels so big, and it just feels and 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 then obviously I've got Amy Adams in this as well, and and do you know what I think? If this has Villeneuve's name underneath it, Man of Steel, David Villeneuve, same film. Everyone is buzzing off it, like, and, I, and I'm serious with that. And I know that is crazy to say, and I know that they're completely different directors, but there is something very similar about what um, 
Villeneuve did with Dune in terms of the how he made us feel that scale, how he makes us feel scale, and, and what Zack Snyder's Arrival, done. Because right to be fair, and Arri- John- yeah, so it's sorry, it's very similar to Arrival. And I also said, if Amy Adams doesn't do Man of Steel, Amy Adams doesn't do Arrival. So Nolan and David S. Goyer both wrote this, and Jerry Siegel. So um, they said they approached it as a first contact movie rather than a Superman film. And there are elements which are quite similar to Arrival. And, like, I think, like, the opening sequence when Zod arrives where he's like, you are not alone. And it's like all that, like, it's like a horror film. All that yeah, section. Yeah. And I think it's really cool. So all the lights go off everywhere. Of course, it's nighttime. And um, Mate, everything's like a horror film to you, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Life in general is a horror film. Uh, like, all the lights go out and it's like static. But through the static, the words come through, you are not alone. And then basically it's like, give up Superman in the next 24 hours. Or, sorry, give up Cal. Kalal in the next 24 hours otherwise things aren't going to go well um it's great i love all that stuff but i think i think your take is there's a lot of similarities in the visual elements to june the parts like no two ways about it and i think the way it's filmed in a style that's what i was talking about with like a documentary kind of camera filming cg is exactly what happened in june as well so i think that is a fair fair point i don't know i think snyder upset people with Watchmen's probably like quite a divisive thing to take on in itself and I think I feel like people liked 300 on the whole but I think people just thought it was for 15 year olds do you know what I mean it's one of the perception to me was I love 300 you know oh it's it's for you know it was kind of like derided quite early on I think Watchmen was supposed to be the thing after that that kind of made people think twice and I don't feel like it ever really got that recognition and then with Man of Steel I understand um, why people take issue with certain elements of how he interpreted Superman, but that's the take he wanted. If someone had said, so there's a, a game series called the Injustice series, I think it's a group of comics as well, isn't it? And super, it's yeah. essentially a darker Superman who then becomes evil, which is hinted at in Batman v Superman. Which we, we also seen in Superman, I want to say Superman 4, where Superman turns evil. 3. 3. Superman three. three, where Superman he, he crushes the coal and makes diamonds. Yeah, love so that. So all all of that kind of says to me, if they'd have said this is part of the Injustice universe, I feel like people may have given it more of a plus. But I suppose to people who aren't fans, it would have meant nothing to them anyway. Like, what's the Injustice universe? I don't care. Like, but to people, there are people who are fans of Superman who don't like the fact the colors are desaturated. They don't like the fact it like Superman doesn't save enough people. I always went with the base of it's his like it's his first day at work. He's having a bad yeah. time. He doesn't understand his powers. And to be honest, I'm gonna sound mad now. The world engine is what does all the damage. So the world engines are the terraforming devices. Like Superman doesn't like batter as much stuff as I remember people say. People were like, Oh Really? He, he co- so I didn't I oh so I actually disagree. So I actually wrote in here uh, I think I think on purpose, because obviously we we lead up to uh, BVS. It, it, I think Snyder purposefully really showcases the destruction of the city with the intention of setting up Batman versus Superman. Everything is wrecked, like because of their fight. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think he deliberately does that. I think a, no, I'm not saying it's not deliberate. But what I'm saying is, I think the world builder did far more damage than I remembered Superman and, yeah, and um, Zod doing. So in my head, I was like, oh, they smash up so many buildings. Don't get me wrong, they do, but it wasn't to the extent I remembered because every article for like ten years has been about like why Man of Steel Superman did this and did that. And then obviously, the key thing that people disagree with is the fact that Superman kills at the end. Now people say Superman never kills, like 
Jamie, you read graphic novels like I do. He does. Like, if he has to, if he's pushed, he does. He's he does. not a common thing. He doesn't kill other humans. But there are parts where that happens. So I feel like... I don't know. I, I feel like at that point as well, you were Marvel or DC. And the, for years, it's been like, do you read Marvel or DC? And I feel like there was a large backlash for multiple reasons. Snyder might have been one point of it. DC fans being like, Marvel's just trying to copy what we're doing. Do you know what I mean? I feel like there's there's a lot of things, a lot of flack with it. I felt like it just came out at the wrong time. I know, probably sound like a broken record, but I just feel like it's it's just so interesting to me that I find so many Marvel films absolutely vanilla six out of tens that when we were waiting for Infinity War, it all felt worth it for the end game, literally end game. Yeah. But actually, <laughs> yeah. once end game was done, I was so checked out. And when you revisit a lot of the films, there's some really good Marvel films we've, for people who may be new to the pod, Jamie and I have got a list of ones we do actually really like. Pretty much it's like Winter Soldier, Civil War, Infinity War, Endgame at a Push. And it's and first Iron Man. It's kind of, on the whole, more of the lower stakes ones and some of the more grand ones for the scale and epicness of it. But like, yeah, I just... I don't like how now... I feel like... DC became more and more like Marvel as it went. It tried to appease that crowd. And I feel like well, we the started, more they we did started that, with Shazam, wasn't it? Shazam and Shazam was the first one where Suicide we kind Squad, of seen that quippy little Yes, yeah, yeah, Suicide Squad, yeah. I I forget that even exists a lot of the time. And yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I think we should talk about some of the performances cuz what actually when did you yeah. first see Man of Steel? Like did you see it when it came out at cinema or I feel like I seen it at the cinema, yeah. I feel like I seen it at the cinema and I so f- yeah we we can talk about the performances and stuff like but yeah Man of Steel I'm sure I've seen it at the cinema um I just now own it um and yeah what like revisit it now and again so I, I do I, and to be honest last night when I did revisit it I did kind of I was I, I just watched the Flash which I, I did feel was a bit meh but th- then so I was like I was ready to just not even I didn't even know what to expect of Man of Steel I didn't know how I was gonna f- feel revisiting it but. The, the casting of Henry Cavill is just unbelievable. When Henry Cavill's on that old tanker and he's got that beard and he's on fire and then he's shirtless and the, he looks better with a beard because it kind of just hides his... He's got this little bum chin. Um, but he's one of the most conventionally good-looking people I've ever seen in my entire life. And then he's got the watermelons attached to his shoulders. He's just... I just think he's such a... Since, since Christopher Reeves... He is the best Superman, in my opinion. And I did like, um, what's his name in Smallville? Oh, right. yeah. I like the guy in Lois and, uh, not in Lois and Clark. Did you remember the old Superman show that was on in the 90s? Yes, with Terry Hatcher. Yeah, The Adventures of Superman. Yeah, I used to love that. And there's only about four episodes where you saw him fly, but I used to think it was amazing. Do you remember that? But they're probably... With Terry, what's her name from Tomorrow Never Terry Hatcher, yeah. Terry Hatcher, yeah. Yeah, it's almost like I just said it. <laughs> oh, sorry, <laughs> clearly not listening. Yeah, uh, I'm look, joking. Look, I, and sorry, going going back to what you're saying before, that's the thing that always just annoys me. Is like, I think Henry Cavill's take on Superman was it, it genuinely was different, but I just feel like it's so much more interesting than a lot of the bland stuff we were receiving at the time. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, hundred percent. That's my biggest thing with it, and it's it's kind of like I think we talked about the Joel Schumacher Batman films on here a while ago, and mainly Batman Forever. I'm like, don't get me wrong, it's not a perfect film, but God, at least it's interesting. Can I say something? Yeah. Have you heard that the director's cut? 
exist. I have, and that's a chat for another day because I'm going to get too excited. But essentially, yeah, Kevin Smith viewing the director's cut, the Schumacher cut, which is actually darker and more miserable before the studio got involved and told him to cut it and make more toys. Yeah. True well, story. anyway, look, anyway. so we've got Henry Cavill, um, superb casting. Uh, I think I think he's I think he's brilliant. He was criticised for his performance. Um, some people were criticising his performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was criticised for his performance because it was potentially a little bit wooden. But he is an alien. Uh, I don't know <laughs> what to. I don't know what, what, what do you to tell you. Yeah, um, I, I do think that the people across the across like decades of different Superman, we obviously do see people that are better as Superman, and some people better as um, just like we do, like okay. as Clark Kent, just like we do with Batman. Uh, we see, Christopher Reeve we is see... a master of the differentiation between the two because his whole body changes in performance. Yeah, Whereas superb. I would say in in defense, in um, not so much in the defense of Henry Cavill in the second one, uh, Batman, Batman v Superman, when he's being um, Clark Kent, it's quite hard to genuinely feel like people would have put two and two together in this day and age. I know Snyder yeah, wasn't ever ever very keen on people not knowing who was who, though, was he? He talked about that. He just said in the age of satellites and cameras everywhere, he just doesn't ever believe. You wouldn't be able to know. He just doesn't like buy into that theory. Yeah, hundred percent. What? So what? What do you think about um, Amy Adams as Lois Lane? I think she's the best Lois Lane, which again is probably a hot take, but I think she actually has the most to do. She's not waiting to get rescued. She's going out and actively doing things. And like, she- I love the storyline of her. The fact she's a she's a reporter. She's tracking him down. Yeah. And the start. Brilliant. Uh, let's talk about as well. Sorry, there's some funny product placement in this film. So like, there's obviously um, 7-Eleven and all that stuff. But there's like so many close-ups of her Nikon camera from 2013, and it just makes me laugh because in the photography and videography industry, Nikon's called like a potato. So it's like Alexa, show me a Nikon, and it shows like a potato. So it's just why is that? Because people just think they're rubbish, and it's just really funny. Uh, it's just like an in joke. So every time I saw these shots of Nikon, I was just thinking of potatoes. But that's just probably lost on everybody. But way there we go. If you have a Nikon, I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love the fact she's going as like an investigative journalist. Essentially, she's been to war zones before, and now she's here trying to find out what's going on in the in the Arctic and or wherever it is. I don't think it is the Arctic. But anyway, she's found a big alien ship, and she's found yeah, it so with red we... eyes. Yeah, we see we see uh, we see Clark Kent obviously go through his life, um, and he's he's being followed by these these feats of incredible strength and crazy things happening, almost Jesus like. Well, um, someone even talks about so when he was younger, when he was about fifteen ish, there's a bus crash, and like he saves everyone from the bus, and he saves his bully, and like the bully's mom goes around to the house and said you know it's an act of god like it's a it's an act of god divine intervention all that stuff and then the parents are like no it's not it's fine he's just normal kid you just saved your son don't stress yeah just be happy he's still here out the water but whatever it's fine if you out him i'll get him to rip your son's arms off (laughs) Um, (laughs) kevin costner as well as dad i forgot he was the dad so when when kevin costner turned up i was like yes i wish kevin costner was my dad um he just he just plays a good dad doesn't he I love the bit. So, again, and this is what I don't think Snyder gets credit for. Some of the low-key scenes are just as good. So, there's the scenes where, like, Clark's about 12 and he's like, where have I come from? Like, is it because of God? Like, why has God made me this way? And he's like, I'm going to show you something. And he goes through and he shows him on the craft he arrived on. He tells him what he knows and basically says, this metal's, you know, this <laughs> the codex, which I keep calling the, the Superman USB stick. 
they you know it's not of this earth it's not because i went and took it to a metal place and they couldn't identify it which means you know you're 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 not from here you gotta pretend son yeah you gotta uh, pretend but it's the whole thing when he's like oh can't like can't i just be normal and um, can't i just be your son and like it choked yeah me can up. i just keep pretending i'm your son and he's like you are my son i was like oh god yeah like it's just, there's some there's some beautiful parts some and so moments in there yeah and so we, we are just about to we'll spoil a couple of little bits um the for me like probably the the best part of the film and this is what i do think that like i mean uh, the the dcu does have specific moments and the flash had a couple of moments um as well um but the the piece where we've got this this storm and there's a there's a there's a hurricane or a typhoon or a hurricane sorry and basically this is just after just after these things happen um like Clark's been, we 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 have the classic. Oh, but you're not my dad. Like she's just been a moody little teenager, and then they have this big like storm, and basically we have to watch. Superman has to watch, knowing he can save his, dad. Um, his own dad. He has to watch his dad killed by the because uh, his dad says no, don't come, and his, he, he could. His dad's lesson throughout is like you can't out yourself to the world because the world won't accept you; they'll reject you. The world's not ready, yeah. Which is also a really interesting take, rather than being like you know, oh, everyone will think you're brilliant. Like, come on, go for it, and then one day, you know, I like the take of the fact that if Superman did exist in the world, I imagine we probably wouldn't be ready for it, and I imagine it probably would be terrifying, terrifying, and all those things. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, so yeah, so we have that. Um, we uh, we also have like. Um, we've got a couple of like weird like th- this is so it's so strange why it was how it's received like this. Um, so Man of Steel premiered in Alice Tully Hall on June the tenth, twenty thirteen, and was released in the United States on June the fourteenth, twenty thirteen. Critics felt the film's visually appealing action sequences were not enough to overcome its descent into generic blockbuster territory. Oh, now I disagree so hard because I literally put th- for me this doesn't feel like a popcorn Hollywood film. It doesn't feel throwaway. It doesn't feel like a Fast and Furious film. It feels, for me, like it is trying to do something. Yeah. It feels well-intended. It feels like Snyder's had this vision for his whole life of what he wanted this to look like and and how he wanted it to be and has finally been able to like execute it off the back of like doing slightly smaller projects. Um, so I think it's quite... I, I actually think it's quite profound in many ways like a lot of a lot of the themes we're looking at and that's why when i guess when kim said because it's good for her to play devil's advocate with us she says like it's a cheap copy of a marvel success disguised as a deep movie i i don't know how this is disguised in any way as a how is it disguised as a deep movie i think it is pretty deep like i think it's i think a, a superhero film is allowed to also have an attempt uh like trying to do something I, more yeah, I know that I could go and watch um, films that are going to actually have a profound meaning and blah, blah, blah. Like You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's, there's films out there that are really going to like rock the world. And I know it's a superhero film. So I know that like I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of like uh, what's the word? Um, shoot myself in the foot because I say I, I criticize Marvel for this a lot of the time. But I do genuinely believe that Snyder's trying to do something more profound, and he's trying. He's he's playing with morality. So let's let. I'm gonna do something. This is gonna get so much hate. I'm gonna list the Phase One Marvel films which came out before Man of Steel, and then I'm gonna say so there's Iron Man 2008, Incredible Hulk, 
Iron Man 2 in 2010, Thor 2011, Captain America First Avenger, The Avengers. I would argue Man of Steel for me, I have preference over, I'd say it's probably equal with me with Iron Man. It's definitely better than The Incredible Hulk. It's definitely better than Iron Man 2. I definitely think it's better than Thor. I don't mind Thor, but it's better than that. It's definitely better than Captain America The First Avenger. Now, do I think it's better than The Avengers? I'd say no, because The First Avengers for me was like such a, oh my God, everyone's on screen together. And I feel like you'll never take that away. But in terms of rewatchability of actually narrative plot and being behind it, I probably prefer Man of Steel. And I'm going to get so much hate on this. But like, that is my genuine thing. I'd say the only one I'd probably watch more or seen more times and probably feel more for is probably Iron Man. Because I do like the first Iron Man. So for me, probably Thor. So... Right, there's my hot take. Jamie, of Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America, First Avenger, and The Avengers, which would you... Pre- yeah, what I've just said. Um, I'm, Iron I'm Man, being... better or worse than Man of Steel? For you. I think For Man you. of Steel is better than... I think, I, I think Man of Steel is... I think my, so, so there's no point of going through them. I genuinely... And, and I, think, I think Man of Steel is better than all of them, including Avengers. And... I'll be honest. What, <laughs> what, 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 and what follows the next few years after in, in Phase 2, I would say the same. Iron Man 3, I would say Man of Steel's better. Thor Dark World, I definitely think is better than that. Captain America Winter Soldier, mm, no. No, I think Winter Soldier probably is the pinnacle. Winter Soldier's better. I really enjoy uh, Winter Soldier. Guardians of the Galaxy, for me personally, I'd probably enjoy it more, but I don't understand why you disagree with it. Avengers Age of Ultron is better than. Even though I have a weird thing about that film, I do actually quite like Age of Ultron. I quite like it. I own it on Blu-ray. And Ant-Man. So, I'm just saying, guys, context is king. Um, I know we get so much chip on uh, that. Pff, look, we're not. We're not we, listen, Ugh. listen. I've, I've said it from day one. We are an honest podcast, and I am not pandering to anyone. This is how I feel, and I'm being honest, and and that's just it. And if you don't agree, that's that's also it's all right. Also that's also fine, by the way. Can I, I just say I though? Can be wrong, but I'm just cinematography saying. wise, yeah, it's it's be- it's it's up there with a- any film. Um, it's better the score, than all of those films. The score, and so Kate Reviews Films writes in and she says, um, what is the best superhero movie score and why is it Man of Steel? <laughs> there is no disagreement here. I, I think if there's some other film scores that you want to go for for superheroes that are good, I'd say the first Avengers, now everyone knows that theme because it's been whacked out over a series of years with Alan Silvestri. That is a good score. I'd say if you want a random select one, John Powell's score for X-Men 2, X2 and X3 are very good. They're like, you've probably forgotten about them, but when you hear them, you're like, I remember that. Uh, X-Men First Class is quite a cool score. Really like that. I listen to that one quite a lot. I used to like the first Iron Man score, but then every generic action film copied it for like the next five years. So it feels like I've heard it millions of times, even when I haven't. Pretty sure that one's Patrick Doyle. And then, yeah, that's probably my recommendations. If you want to go old school, though, it's obviously John Williams' original Superman theme and the original. There's like a whole two CD box set of that on your show. All right, mate, give point. me something to say. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, for, so for me, uh, I do think the best score is John Williams' Superman score from the original Superman. Epic. I think it is genuinely, like the the, the way the strings build, oh, I just yeah. think, oh, it just gets me. Um, do you know what else I think is has got a really really good score mm-hmm. um, and it's the score from the most recent Batman by Giannaccio, uh, Giacci, Giacchino Giacchino the thing is with that score it works really well for that film but it's not easy to listen to do you know what I mean but there's, there's some so 
there's some film scores which you can listen to at home and like you get the full context of it and it's fine whereas if you have like a horror score and it's just string jumps and whatever then it's a bit not nice like, yeah. monotonous and like i don't really want to listen to that like i like parts of the music from alien covenant but it's not a particularly relaxing listen in the middle of the afternoon um so i oh, sorry and, and also Danny, Danny Elfman's Elfman, Danny Elfman score from I, Batman. I have done him dirty there. So Danny Elfman's score, mainly for Batman Returns, is my preference rather than the first one. Unbelievable. Yep. And then the other one I would say The other one everyone's like, that's off key, and I don't know what you're on about. It was really off key <laughs> for me. The other Sorry. one is um his score for Spider Man. Uh, especially Spider-Man 2, the Doc Ock suite. Du, du, Spider-Man 2, du, yeah, du, Spider-Man du, 2 du, was... What do you... Th- so we've not mentioned the Dark Knight, Hans Zimmer. Um, I'll be honest, I... Pref- uh, well, do you know what? It shows how many good superhero film scores there are. Dark Knight, the second one... No, the, the best score is actually the third one for me because it has all the themes from the first two linked in and, and off. So to be fair to Hans Zimmer, James Newton Howard wrote the themes... And Hans Zimmer wrote the action beats and they mixed them together for the Batman Begins and the second one. And then by the third one, Hans Zimmer's like, I've got all the themes. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm off. So, yeah. The, the thingy, um, The Incredibles has a good theme as well. That's me. If, uh, Michael Giacchino, Giacchino who wrote as the well. score for... Um, the one I just mentioned. The one I just mentioned, the Batman. Yeah. But also, to be fair, it's not superhero films, but like Michael Giacchino's done some good action scores for uh the first two star trek star trek into darkness and and the other one 2009 they, they're yeah. great scores as well so i, I do Tangent. want to just talk about zimmer uh, sorry yeah zimmer, zimmer. <clears throat> so <laughs> zimmer, zimmer, well, i didn't realize we were just yeah, yeah that's yeah john's gangster back uh off off, off air um this is why he's been introduced by like <laughs> anyway never mind like pitbull etc etc the, the zimmer score right here <laughs> So the, when you were doing the drums at the beginning, the drums, when they're getting off Krypton, is honestly like, I had it on my 5.1, yeah. I had it turned Pumping. up to 70, Louder. and that was, it was brilliant. So he got like some of the best drummers in the world and said, um, this is what I want you to do, but I still want it in your own unique style, which is why it's all like not completely to the beat. It's kind of like, it's not syncopated either. It's just off, which kind of gives it that feel, that otherworldly feel. It's fantastic. Um also, there's a really cool thing, which is Hans Zimmer does sketchbooks for the film soundtracks before he does the tracks for the film. So you can right. listen to it. It's like one long track that's like an hour and a half, and it just goes through the different themes and modes of the film. But there's a piano one as well, I think. But it's kind of like listening to the film as well, like one big symphonic piece, essentially. Yeah. It's really, well, really cool. Well, when Akal-El um, is being sent away... Yeah, um, all of that. The angelic choir, like... It's again. It's like that Greek mythology kind Messianic of messianic vibes just... as well. Religious things, choral, choral music, all that stuff. Like, yeah. You know, I... Oh God. We could hear I, anyway. it for a while. I, th- I, I just think the, the biggest takeaway for me is one. It's just so much more interesting than so much of the crap we have watched over the past ten years that's come after it. It's twenty twenty three, and like, how many superhero films are better than this that you can honestly say that you've rewatched multiple times? And like, there's not many. There's really not many, and like there's not many, and maybe I think maybe I've lost my soul in the sense of like I'm not as big a fanboy of Marvel as I used to be. But my point's always been there's good ones and there's bad ones, and like you know the ones that are up with Man of Steel for me. The other one I've got earlier was Civil, like Civil War. I think is like the best character-driven superhero film. 
in terms yeah. of like the stakes and stuff and it sets it up really well and it did a better job of what bvs was trying to do i will admit that i think it had like it explained the stakes better and it felt more earned because there were more films leading up to it it wasn't the second one in the series but i think the rewatchability factor like in terms of like the superhero films yeah this is definitely rewatchable because it's it's just just such a big scale the 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 original batman films like the the Batman um, with Michael Keaton, who we'll talk about in a minute, mm-hmm. um, and the the Spider Man films with um, Tobey Maguire, that also very rewatchable. Um, but yeah, I don't I, I don't find myself revisiting. Um, I mean, I did I did revisit Infinity War not that long ago. Um, Guardians is one that I do revisit sometimes. Infinity By the way, yeah, War this is, is not the bash. Let's bash Marvel podcast. No, it's not I want like... to be clear on that. There are ones I do specifically like, but I think there's a lot of six out of ten ones in between, which we used to be fearful of saying, but that people overrated because of the place in the whole ecosystem rather than actually judging it as a one-off film. People are also going to feel today that we're overrating Man of Steel because it's sitting at a 2.9 on letterbox. That's also 52% fine. 52% Metacritic as well. I could not believe that. I was literally like, geez. Anyway, there's one Michael more. Shannon, though, unhinged. My, sorry, I've not said enough about Michael Shannon, apart from my weird impressions at the start and shouting, heresy, because he's just, his voice <laughs> and gravitas, he's basically treating it like a Shakespearean play, which as well, Jamie said he liked Thor, uh, the first Thor, which is exactly what um, Kenneth Branagh tried to do when he directed Thor. Tried to give it gravitas, a bit of steel. And it looks, it. Thor, you heard it here first, right? Go back and watch it. The best looking Marvel film by a mile. I think it was by a mile. film though, wasn't it? It was before they switched to digital. Yeah, still, and this was shot on film as well. For a reason. Um, this was shot on film. Let's talk about the fact as well. Um, we had a question from Film Forager. Chandra said, would Man of Steel be an even better film if Jonathan Nolan directed not for me <laughs> i mean didn't jonathan nolan do that one about things falling out of the sky let me i i'm quickly I he did um no directed though like not written we want to see what he's directed written wrote i always get that wrong the answer right. is no basically um, oh he does write westworld though and i do bloody love westworld let's be honest um he's only directed one thing from what i can remember she didn't mean Chris Nolan, did she? If you meant Chris Nolan, I don't feel like... Oh, previous. He directed Person of Interest TV series and Westworld TV series. Three episodes. Okay, fine. Um, if you meant Chris Nolan, I feel like it would have been so different. <laughs> I don't feel like any of... I think she did mean Chris Nolan. Okay, she must have. If you mean Christopher Nolan, I feel like... It's Christopher Nolan. Nolan. Um, with his scarf. Love his scarves, man. Like, oh, he always has a press photo with a scarf and that long black coat. He must be so hot all the time. But anyway, um, yeah, I find it... I can't really imagine what he'd do with it because maybe visually it's more like Christopher Nolan because it's dark. You make it about time, mate. And stuff. Make it about you should have directed The Flash. Ugh, we'll get into that. <sighs> yeah. Um, no, not for me. Jamie, for you. I don't want Man of Steel to be any different than what it is. Like, I, I no. just, I, I think that, I think what you'd have got with Nolan is, I don't I don't think it would have been that much different, really. Like, Considering I, he had I, such a hand in it as well. Like he, like, he did produce it. Like, he knew what the creative decisions were along the way, so. Yeah, I mean, the budget of this was, like, 200 million. Um, and it, it did, it grossed, it was the 13th highest grossing movie of that year, I believe. Right gang i feel like we've got to the point where we need to talk about the second film <laughs> do we <laughs> we do um and i feel like my thoughts on man of steel have only increased due to watching this film but hey ho we're going to talk about it it is 2023's the flash 
by Andy Muschietti. Tell me something. You can go anywhere. Another timeline. Another universe. So why do you want to stay and fight to save this one? Because this is the world where my mom lives. I'm not going to lose her again. Time has a pattern. First things first, I had no idea that the director of It Chapter 1 and Chapter 2 was taking on this film. And when I found that out, I was actually quite like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm intrigued to see where this goes. Uh, I think, before I get into it, we're not doing spoilers, but we are going to reference things that are in the trailer, because otherwise there is nothing to discuss. I think that my polite review of this film is a missed opportunity. And when we're talking about what could have been, I feel like we've spent I've talked about how the film start if you look at Man of Steel as the basis of the DCEU if that's what it's called and then you look at where we start in this film they are a million miles apart and it felt so jarring after watching the Snyder Cut which I personally consider canon which I know that's a whole like whatever but I feel like that's the version everyone's probably seen most recently more everyone so prefers it it's the best and the film opened in very much a Whedon-esque take and it was just instantly a nope, <laughs> like on my radar of like, I'm not on board with that decision. Which is strange. Yeah. Because Andy Muschietti is a horror director. Yeah. Ezra Miller also tried to rewrite this film to make it darker because they weren't happy with, with how um, yeah, quippy, like, and it's like, you just... So James yeah. Cameron did that interview, and we've mentioned it on the pod before, about how he gets frustrated with Marvel films on the basis of, like, everyone talks like they're still in uh, high school or, like, university college dorm rooms. Like, yeah, bro, doesn't matter. We'll deal with it later. You know, like, that kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah. Man of Steel doesn't do that. And I, no- I never felt any of the, fir- like, any of the Snyder films did that. I still didn't feel like it happened in Wonder Woman with Patty Jenkins' first film either. I feel like that started to quip in from Suicide Squad, but I gave some allowance on the basis of those characters in the comics, they do quip a bit. They are more jokey, more like the Guardians kind of vibe. And then once we got the Whedon cut of um, Justice League, Justice League, which is an absolute shite show. In well, it's general. all out the window, isn't it, from there on? It's just... it's just, and, and this film feels like it doesn't know where it belongs from the off. It's just... It feels to me like the the baggage it carries coming in not just from the behind the scenes issues which we will we will discuss but it it feels like it's carrying so much weight to begin with of like the failings that's come before this and the terrible decision of booting Snyder when they did and the terrible decision of releasing the Whedon cut which was atrocious by the way and and the terrible decision of even continuing on with the flash so before we do get into it like it it is important to mention uh, yeah, the controversy around Ezra Miller. Mm-hmm. They have been involved in since 20... I want to say 2019. And by the way, allegedly, I have to say. Allegedly, except when they did choke a woman and throw her to the floor, which does actually... There's, there's video evidence of that. Very troubled person, um, uh, but has done a lot of um, things that would have got me sacked from my job had my job seen me doing these things. So 
we do have to we do have to talk about John and I don't know and again Marvel. I've not got the right answer for this I've not got the right answer there's been 220 million spent on the flash loads of controversies come out about Ezra Miller um, and and I'm, I'm literally tip of the iceberg we're talking about restraining orders we're talking about grooming a 13 year allegedly 13 year old girl um when he was 23 um who had who and it's important to note has since the the girl has since come out and said no we were just friends blah 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 um but lots of different allegations across a long period of time lots of quite unhinged behavior the only the only behavior i would condone is is when they, he threatened the klu klux klan which is i'm like yeah cool I'm, I'm down with that um but the rest of it there's there's like a catalog of um drug things going on um which which probably being in the limelight since they were i want to say 11 or i don't i don't know what that does to a person what it does do is not give someone um a free reign to do whatever they want and get away with it now warner brothers then made a decision to it all came out warner brothers have to make a decision they called an emergency meeting and they said this person is not going to be in anything moving forward the flash is still going ahead thoughts i think the the largest issue without without trying to get into all of it is that the studio at no point condemned the behavior that had taken place before and i think that's my biggest issue with it it's not even been discussed or 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 commented on at all do you know what has done do you know what has do you know what has been done so we've i've heard i've had and this is this, this is the crazy thing of and by the way important to note ezra miller's getting help ezra miller's said they're getting help um at the same time, there's been a lot of like very carefully cookie cuttered. Um, this is what I want you all. This is the. I mean, this is the story that I need you all to be talking about, and that is that um, that Ezra Miller is fantastic, unbelievable, what mind bendingly good in this role, and they're getting help. The film's coming out. Yeah, I think I think they've they've not really done any press around the film. And no, Warner nothing. Brothers have, have kept. God, them, did you hear my tummy there? Kept them. I didn't. Kept them out of the limelight and as much as possible when promoting this film. <sighs> yeah. Look, Do they? So should. So should they? My question to you then. I feel like it should have been canned. Soon. I'll be. I'll be completely honest. Soon. Yeah. Soon as James Gunn took over, anyway, like he's trying to market this film, and I. I feel like. Did he say it was the best superhero film ever made? I think. Uh, <laughs> uh, he said something. <laughs> I just feel like James Gunn should have... I'd just... have sacked him on the spot. The truth is, after the Snyder Cut embarrassment with like releasing a better product, which was better than the crap he did release at the cinema with the Whedon Cut, they would have been better off just cutting their losses and just saying, that's died, it's done. Like, it is it is done. And, like, I, I like Gal Gadot, I like, I like the actors they had around, but they just messed it up. And it, they'd have been better off just saying, we're doing the James Gunn DCEU. Now, the idea of The Flash is to reset that by saying there's multiple strands like it's the multiverse thing you know there's multiple strands where all these things the happen which basically means that nothing's consequential anymore it means so nothing matters no um, but essentially they're setting that element up and they kind of see this film as the way out into that new universe of james guns but to be honest they'd have just as well just started again and made no comment about the previous films and you could have even kept the actors and just been like it's just different it's the same actor it's just it's not the same universe like it's fine it's just it's just a new one I yeah, for, for like from from Warner Brothers' point of view, like it it seems a bit weird that yeah, if they, they are it gonna... as like the new fifty two, if they literally been like this is the new fifty two universe, 
Like I feel yeah. like pe- people are just treated as this. So For those dark. of you who don't know what the new Fifty Two is, it's um, when DC rebooted the whole. So <laughs> every few years comic like so marvel did it as well they did they did this thing called marvel now which is yeah. basically they just forget anything that happened and they start from the beginning again um dc did the same thing with dc rebirth so they they did dc the new 52 which was the new 52 characters mm-hmm. um and then they did it again with dc rebirth which was actually much better so that they could have gone down the dc rebirth route which is really like some excellent writing and it's, do you know what it's a great shame because had had I been talking about this um, six years ago or even four years ago, I, my mind was full and I used to, I was like law full of yeah, law. yeah. I, I I've I've got like I've got half uh, of them by the way you've lent them all to me relatively decent comic book collection I would yeah. I would get them every single week yeah. um but I've obviously forgotten quite a bit now um I've got a decent base knowledge the so yeah, they, they they definitely could have done. This is DC Rebirth. This is the Rebirth. That's what they. If that's they, exactly what they could they have done. If they literally released a trailer called DC Rebirth and then market a film from it, I feel like people would know what that is and get on with it. But yeah. well, we are where we are. Let's get into the film itself because I feel yeah, like they've decided. Start. Yeah, they've decided that two hundred Warner Brothers, a company that is, I don't know how big they are. I don't know how much turnover they've got. They have decided that they couldn't swallow two hundred and something million pounds also by the way really worth noting there's there's a lot of people working on this film a lot of people working on this film that deserve their film to come out as well so it's a difficult one i don't have all the answers rick english by the way friend of the pod previous to the pod and looks superb um as driving batman. around as a as the batman so and do you know what do you remember so so fun fun fact guys when rick english was on the pod uh last when we went off air he was actually telling us um about the flash he's like yeah we're gonna be, i'm gonna be in the flash blah blah, blah. it was really cool um obviously i've not we've not been able to say a word about that um for about what's that a year <laughs> longer i got it was yeah it was i from what i remember it was like height of pandemic time yeah I'm pretty sure so there we go anyway, right we've addressed we've addressed we um important to know um john would you, do, you want, do you want me to synopsis? describe the synopsis yeah, but spoiler free synopsis. I mean, I don't mind giving it a go. It, essentially. Go on, go on. John, uh, to be fair, John's better than me at doing this, and I've recognised that. I don't know about that. Go I, on, John. Go on, John. Barry Allen is the Flash, and Barry Allen's um, story is his superhero origin, as everyone will know, is that his mother was killed, and this is established in Justice League, and his dad was framed for the murder. So his life is pretty miserable because. He doesn't have his mom, and also he is Barry Allen is looking to um, basically see because of his abilities of being super fast. Can he change that? Is there a way that he could run back in time and basically change it? So essentially, one evening he goes for a run, and he essentially opens up the multiverse. I think that's about as far as I can say. Now, what I can tell you that you see in trailers, Supergirl appears in this film that is in the trailer batman the batman michael keaton appears in this film that is also in the, the batman yeah like OG. Love that. and is it not adam west i thought adam west was uh, the batman so adam west we have to be careful what we talk about what we don't talk about in terms of spoilers i'll tell you the things i liked about the film i'll tell you the things i disliked about the film 
without trying to get too much into spoilers but i think the thing yeah but, by the way yeah so I'm, you're gonna have to take the lead with what is a spoiler because i've not seen the trailers because i avoid trailers at all costs so so I'm, I'm pretty certain there's a few things i can't say there's major plot points that are based around previous films and the reason we've linked man of steel without getting too far into it is because man of steel is a large plot point in the flash i think that's fair to say i think you see enough of the trailer to know why that is and it's on record that michael shannon is in the film he's promoting it so i don't feel like i'm treading on any toes there um my issue is that (laughs) it's a mess man of steel has been slated as we said with 52 percent metacritic and all this and it's essentially the fundamental foundation of this film and I find it absolutely baffling that a film that's been slated for years and like being seen as super controversial is then used as a central plot point in a Flash movie ten years later. I find it like utterly bizarre. Now I love Man of Steel, and seeing a half, like, seeing the elements they've used of it in a worse way with worse CGI ten years later is so depressing to me on so many levels with nowhere near the same amount of vision it it is it is sad it is genuinely sad and to be honest incredibly frustrating i liked supergirl in this film i feel like i can't again give the whole arc of what we know away but i feel like what we saw of her was portrayed well sasha cal is brilliant we don't see much of her but she's great i needed more and i feel like to be honest i hope she gets a solo project. I hope she gets to make her film. And I hope in an ideal world, she would have had a film, which also would have had a Henry Cavill cameo in there somewhere or some like just something in terms kind of, of, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Jamie, I will allow you to speak on your own podcast. No, no, it's ours. <laughs> it's our podcast. Um, that was John's way of quitting. Uh, no, I rescind, I rescind all rights of co-host. Uh, no, no. Um, to play devil's advocate, you said it was you said it was incredibly disappointing and frustrating. Maybe the reason why they linked so hard to Man of Steel was because they realised that that is the best film out of the DCEU. I think also it's the fact like getting Michael Shannon back and he was back for like he said I think he said he did a few days or like a couple of weeks max and like he Zod is a great bad guy. Like, because remember when Marvel had a phase of being rubbish at having like a good bad guy because they had to die by the end of the film and like it's really hard to build it up until they got Thanos and then they absolutely smashed it out of the park and like he's probably the best big bad because they built up to it over a long time. Michael Shannon just steals it from the start as Zod and then it's almost like going back to that church of like he's so good we need to go back to that we need to go back to that altar again and kind of get him back in on it. But he felt underused in this. But again, I know we can't spoil too much, so I'm trying I'm trying really hard not to. Let's talk about the things I did like about the film. I did think that on the whole, Ezra Miller's performance um was good. Like there's a lot of times when they have to play against themselves as um a this is a so there's, Agree, there's actually. two flashes. There's a, a younger Barry Allen and a older one, and watching that dynamic and how they develop their skills is like interesting and there's some fun moments there's some good there is some good comedy in it i feel like it's hard to root for. do you think yeah i think that no i think there's some bits that were genuinely quite funny i laughed I th- twice i think, I think and, and... Was, yeah i i had yeah i'd agree and one of them wasn't for them it was for michael Keaton. yeah but exactly again, i'm gonna spoil that moment for people who've not seen it yet i think that 
um seeing like there's some cool elements with like the running and like i kind of you disagree i didn't like it i don't like so i don't like Do the, way... the way it was inside a cup because to be honest i still think that was probably the best depiction of it but hey ho Oh, we love Snyder. Um, no, I so I'm so, I am sorry, I do, and like I, I know that film has faults, and it's four hours when, long. When when he's long. running, like the world's flying by, but he's running at normal speed, and it looks just it doesn't look right. He does um, the two finger it, thing though, like in the it, comics. He does it that. doesn't. Yeah, great. Yeah, well done for reading As a in comic. Barry Allen does. Apologies. Yeah, well done Barry for reading Allen a comic. Do you know what I mean? Like, um. You could have, I mean, you could, you you could have followed it more closely, um, because obviously this is based off the Flashpoint, um, and I know that the that if you want to watch something better, you could watch the Flashpoint Paradox, the animated one. Um, this mm. is, I believe, a huge mess. Um, there were some things. I give it six out of ten. There were some things <laughs> that I really, really enjoyed, and because I feel bad giving it a five, because. There are, there are a lot of things in there. One, it moved me. I, I, I did cry. Um, I cried towards the end. I love um, seeing Michael Keaton. I, I, I'm going to be honest. I was a sucker for pretty much any scene. He stole the show. Any scene he was in. And like he looks like he's having fun. Uh, in the trailers, you see some sequences with him uh, flying around, etc. And it's great. And like he, do you remember like Michael Keaton's Batman is kind of a little bit like manic and the fact that he smiles when he puts a bomb on someone he's like, a bit of a dick like, like he's, he's, he's basically he's just a bit of a psycho, dick but like it's fine yeah uh, watching him get to do that again and have a whale of a time with it i liked his um interaction with the flash i liked oh, spoilers uh, yeah i i feel like batman has some fun sequences and like i feel like the trainers have done a good job of confusing which Batman you're going to see in the film. I think that's fair. The, uh, of, of, so, yeah, I, definitely. The, I, I, rather than Slayer, so the, the, things that, the things that upset me about it was, yeah, the CGI. The CGI is... Oh, I can't remember the last film on here where I was like... I, I remember complaining hard about CGI in a film last time. We were like, uh, probably about a year ago. The CGI in this is... is really just in some some places okay some places disgraceful so i know you said it's because of recuts i think it, it's reshoots i think there's parts of the film where it looks polished i think there's at the parts beginning where it was like solid and there's parts yeah. where it's like clearly this has been added and we need to get this in and kate reviews film sent a very good post about the fact that like there's obvious bits which were green screenshots which have been added or changed characters and places oh. And ridiculous it sticks out like pre it were in prequel territory of, i would and it's like in 2023 it's just not okay yeah me. and as, as well we've we've got um the, another we've got a friend of the pod rick english on a bike at the beginning of at the beginning of the film and the cape is cgi'd on and i know that this, they normally do that but it looks like plasticine like it looks, it looks really, really jarring, really bad, and then they just, there's just. I think they spent so much money on cameos, and when I say that, when I say guys, there is a cameo after cameo after cameo. You imagine, right? Multiverse, Flash, running through time. Every cameo you can think of, it's there. I'm not going to say nothing else. And and there's there's one cameo that I did actually. I got pretty hyped I know, about, I know but, I, it, be, but, we can't but I'm not gonna. But we can't spoil it. But that um, itself, Kate reviews films knows what cameo that'll be. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
But there's one cameo where I was like, oh, damn, like, that's that's actually pretty cool. And there's one right at the end, which I also laughed out loud at. Um, there's a cameo right at the end um, that I laughed out loud at. But it's very much um, Spider-Man Far From Home territory. I enjoyed... Far From Home um, was done a lot better. Far From Home was done better. I think The Flash did much better at explaining the dangers of messing with the multiverse. So there is an absolutely, I nearly F-bombed on the pod, there's an absolutely superb um, sequence with Ben Affleck as Batman in the beginning telling Barry Allen why you shouldn't go back and why you shouldn't why you shouldn't mess with the multiverse. The the there is a line there's a section of dialogue which the is effect, so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. But he talks about how like I wouldn't be the person that I was. You 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 can literally ruin everything. And but there's, there's about certain the the mistakes make you like the thing the bad things that happen. Yeah, this is this is it. You. Yeah, like, go on, say it. Yeah, I don't know the full quote, but, it's but he said he says something like mistakes make you like um yeah they, make you like, who you are. Like they happen for a reason. He's like you know I wouldn't change. <laughs> I wouldn't change what's happened to me because, like, I wouldn't be the person I am without what's happened to me. It's beautifully written. It's beautifully yeah. written, and it's quite chilling. And the the whole what what is that? So in the in the trailer, we so we know Barry Allen's mum's died, right? Well, you know that from the Justice League, anyway, from the previous okay, film. Okay, fine. Okay. Yeah. So so what what the, what it does really well is, um, it's obviously going to play with him going back and trying to save his mum and what the consequences of that are. Yep. And. And there are there are there are a few really quite compelling moments and and quite heartbreaking moments as well. Like and, and there's there is some of the lowest yeah. stakes scenes work well. Some of the, the lowest yeah, yeah there you go. Ezra Miller and um, the lady who plays his mother. I haven't got my IMDb up to here. Um, they have some good scenes together and there's a good connection and it feels like um, you buy Maribel Verdu, Nora Allen. Thank you. You buy into that relationship. Um, I feel like I got frustrated as well because if you compare this to uh, it, there are some horror moments, which is when the Flash is running for the first time, he just gets like shoved out mid-run and we don't know why. And it's quite startling. I don't know if you remember that. Wait, so, that's, so, so that's where Andy Muschietti's... Yeah, so that like, is where... What the hell's going on here? Like, what? why? Yeah. Like, and That I, is where I Andy like Muschietti's that. horror horror roots yep. come in. And, and that's why I was like... When I when we spoke to Rick about it, I said I was dead excited because he was doing it because he did it films, which and I I, I love both of them. And he's doing a Batman film. He is doing Batman, not forever, but it's something like it's going to be a new Batman again. Yeah, believe yeah, so. it's needs it's got to stop. It's, it's never going <laughs> to stop. It's never going to stop. It's never going to stop. So we see flickers of, I think probably Andy Muschietti's influence on this. But and that's what I mean. It's it, it's elements of it, but it's not the whole thing. Flickers. And what you and yeah. this is why when you watch Man of Steel afterwards, and this is why we're hammering this point. It's such a singular vision, and you compare it to this, and like this has elements like Jamie said, but there's bits we like of this film, but it's so lost in like the <laughs> the weeds in the broth, like you know, like it's somewhere <laughs> it's somewhere in there, but like, lost in the broth. Know, where's it gone? But um. It's frustrating. I would say as well, there are some good practical stunts in this, and like obviously Rick came on the show and we've expected him before, and like I do really enjoy. Um, don't need a spoiler. Like there's film, there's in the trailers you see shots of there's a bike chase involving Batman, and I really enjoy that. But what made it so frustrating again, Jamie and I have spoken about this a million times, which is the cut to the doubles 
is so poorly done and it it felt like we're in spider-man 2 ps3 kind of graphic territory and the, the face it, looks like all modeled it's it wasn't the face that i particularly noticed i just remember like it goes from a bike chase where it's quite clearly physical looks like the dark knight which is not a bad ballpark to be in you're like great this looks really good i'm up for this and then we cut to cg double going across cars weightless no sense of like and also it's filmed in that pure way. 2002 yeah and it's filmed in the way where we're not doing that documentary camera style to kind of give it some reality even though it's not a realistic thing it's kind of camera can go anywhere so it's all don't worry about it anything can do anything and whatever i find i, I just found that frustrating and, I, and i'm sure the people in the industry probably find that frustrating themselves because i think we talked about it on the pod actually at the time about the switch to digital doubles and like I think Man of Steel did that so well, and I know you probably feel like we're banging on about it, but like, I feel like those CG doubles were photo real, and maybe they get away with it more though because they're aliens and the fact they fly around it kind of takes away some of that element. Do you think there's an argument to that with Kal-el and Zod, the fact that they fly and they hover, and the weight's different and the force and speed, it's kind of uncanny valley is okay because of the fact that actually it's not they're aliens at the end of it do, do you know what i'm trying to get across like the way they move is different to us so maybe they get away with it more but on the flip side no I'm like, i don't know no. i don't i don't actually know um, I, I, I don't i just think it's bad i think it's bad and when i the so there's obviously when we know supergirl's in the film so when, when we see supergirl there's a really good scene of her like um flying up in the air for the first time Love it. and it is very snyder-esque as well yep. Exactly the way um, we sh- we see Henry Cavill flying for the first time when he when he just levitates and when I'm watching that I'm like cool that doesn't look like CG to me because mm-hmm. one in Man of Steel it wasn't really CG because it was on wires it, but yeah. like actually wires they're pulling him up into the air mm-hmm. um, but then there's 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 bits of this was yeah obviously there's there's several reshoots I do you know what else I think as well if we think about the budgets of Man of Steel and the budgets of Flash this is really I think it's really important to note that Man of Steel was 200 million. Um, the Flash was 220. Now, one of the, they're 10 years apart. One, they're 10, 10 years apart. Mm-hmm. And two, the things they're trying to do in the Flash, it's so like CGI involved compared to Man of Steel anyway, in terms of the things they're trying to do. They're trying to do like, it's like, um, like, I have a Rubik's cube in my hand, yeah, and I can twist it and I can muddle it up, and that's 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 the purpose of the Rubik's cube. Now I've got another Rubik's cube in my hand. I need it to make me dinner, and it's like it can't. Like we're, yeah. we're trying to do too much with the same amount of money, almost, um, with all those cameos where we're paying all them money as well. I don't. So I just think they just must have run out of a lot no, of money. No, I think the budget honestly went on uh, the fact that. I feel like at one point it wasn't even Keaton's Batman in this. I feel like there was a different Batman in it at one point, and I feel like it's stuff like that. I don't know that for a fact, but the fact it's been in development hell since 2014, or whatever it was, it just says to me... They've been trying to... Yeah, there's, there was, there's been about five different directors attached to this. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> Whoa, look at us. Little secret cut there. We I had a little you. secret cut because John needed a wee. <laughs> <Dude>. um, <laughs> well, that's that's 89 minutes and had to sprint out. Yeah. Anyway, you lasted eighty nine minutes, mate. That's that's a not a lot. That's not a bad. 
that's a decent amount of time smashed, to last. Look how much water I smashed in that time. This is really good content Listen, for people who can't see. Most men would be happy with 89 minutes. I'd imagine most women would be happy with 89 minutes. Anyway, uh, we've got a couple of questions to end the show. <laughs> I've had three and a half beers. Um, right. He's gone. <clears throat> He's here. Um, and Kate Reviews Films writes in and she says, more of a comment, but The Flash is a product. Man of Steel is our movie. Agree? Disagree? Discuss. I feel, like it's an S- I feel like it's a... I feel like I'm on my GCSEs. Man of Steel a- is not not a movie. It is a film. Do you remember the David Fincher distinction between movie and film? It's a picture. What's I am being facetious, but basically, no, no, no. Tell me what. No, tell me what he said. He said that um, movies are things you go buy your popcorn and they're kind of like they're crowd pleasers, whilst films are the ones that you rewatch and like you take away with you and have some critical meaning. So, am I really saying Man of Steel is so pretentious, isn't it? It is, but I love it. Uh, Yeah, like he was saying, like Panic Room is a B movie in the sense of it's a a movie, and he says like Fight Club is a film because it's trying to say something but hey that's, yeah. that's a course for debate for another time um yeah i feel like flash the flash movie is cashing in on the ips in a way that does feel tacky in a lot of elements and i feel like again it's this it's the classic dc of it's come too late if they'd have got this out before no way home i feel like there may have been more more leeway with it i do think that's the case like being being first to it always helps and the fact you had everything everywhere all at once last year as well and into the spider-verse etc i feel like people are already tired of the multiverse i'm all multiversed out mate and it's and, because and nothing like, matters anymore nothing matters anymore I, I will say and it's i don't think this is a spoiler that in the flash they managed to establish a rule which means like there is some level of risk in the sense of like they 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 give a rule without getting into it, which basically says that if you know like in the Matrix, if you die in the Matrix, you die in real life, right? Yeah. They manage to find a rule which isn't that, but a similar rule that helps go. Oh, okay. Like there is some like you can't do anything, anything. There is like a rule, but it's still hard to kind of feel like any gravity towards it. There, there's a there's a way that in this film is described um the multiverse is described in the 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 perfect way that i would be able to describe it to manan right and that is that in this film the multiverse is described like a bowl of spaghetti do you know people hate this there's so no. many so right there's it's so, fantastic there's so many reviews which slam basically said like it's the worst part of the film and it's really funny to me because like of all the things that offended me in the film as you're about to say I found it like probably the most the easiest explanation of what the multiverse is was through the spaghetti. Like, oh my god! <laughs> okay, I'm fuming about that. Like, okay, yeah. so so I tell you what, right? To make sure this podcast is authentic and original, and that I'm not copying anything else anyone does, right? What I do is I try and purposefully ignore everyone else's reviews. <laughs> so I ignore people's reviews. I try not to watch any videos um etc 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 because i want everything i'm saying to be from me and my effort so unlike john who just watches a load of videos reads a load of reviews just no no no, <laughs> no. Joking, but it's funny. we we do a lot of um we do a lot research. of research before the pod yeah we do research we do research we don't i don't go i don't want someone else's review tainting 
what's in up here in my head. So what we do is um, what what was what I was going to say was that the spaghetti is the the best way I've seen on film of describing what a multiverse is, and it's basically some spaghetti gets dumped onto a plate, and it's like right, this is the multiverse. We have many many hundreds and millions of intertwining like paths some go actually some some end up being parallel to each other some end up being crossed with each other some of them can never be changed and that i reckon i could tell my nan what a multiverse was by telling her about the spaghetti you know what i mean so the fact that people are slating that i think it's crazy it's like the and this is this is the um i often criticize certain newspapers in this country um for like their because you've got like specific newspapers where the the reading age of a newspaper would be six so what that means is a six-year-old could read this story and understand it in terms of writing i think it's so so important that you are rather than like getting lost in the weeds and trying to be this real of course it's important to be clever of course it's important to have a good vocabulary but if joe blogs can't understand what you're writing about then it's just it's simply bad writing people should be able to understand what you're writing about and so the, the way the multiverse is described in this film is perfect for me um i don't know where this was going i think i neither do i think you just like the scene with the spaghetti and i i've caught it because <laughs> i have spaghetti bolognese for lunch like every single day so seeing spaghetti on screen was just a big moment for me <laughs> <laughs> this is <laughs> this has been a thing since i've known john in 2010 that he eats spaghetti bolognese every single what day for you, lunch you? i couldn't afford to have it every day i had different things at lunchtime but yeah once, oh yeah, you, you substituted it for even cheaper meat. <laughs> anyway, we won't go into your financial situation at uni. Um, but what, what we <laughs> no, sausages though. Anyway, yeah, go on. Yeah. So um, really, what what we're saying is like, yeah, about the the cameos. Oh yeah, you. So you okay, mentioned basically that. the question was, is is the is the Flash a film or like a cheap product? Or I think that was kind of where we're going. It feels like a cheap product. It feels like it doesn't have a singular vision, and I feel annoyed for the director because I'm sure they intended something different in an ideal scenario i don't feel like they had a full creative hand in it i feel like they've been swayed in directions i think this is probably the best version of what this could be as in in the sense of of like how to like manage the situation that was given to them or like the things that have gone around it or with actors changing and all the crap going on dcu and james gunn and everything i feel like this is for what was acceptable to the studio and like had a bit of his vision this is the best that was his name again the director Andy Muschietti. Could do. However, in an ideal world, I hope when he does his Batman solo project, he gets to do whatever the hell he wants. Full, full, full work. Oh, it'll be complete horror. He's, he, by that, the way, but will it? Because it, then won't it be too close to the, you know, the... Um, Pattinson. Yeah, because I feel like that's dark and like... In, do you know what, right? It's interesting. I, it's, it's like, Kate 20 question. Yeah, Man of Steel is, is art. Like, <laughs> i'm joking i am joking i'm do you know what i'm here simply to piss off our listeners that clearly don't really like snyder um but i do think that the flash is at this stage clutching at straws and trying to maximize completely maximize the amount of revenue they're getting back from this film because we all know Stop we're not going to see we're not going to see ezra miller in a flash suit ever again um 
I, I just don't think that's going to happen. Um, yeah, there's loads of cameos just like Far From Home. Um, and people might go to the cinema to see X on screen one last time. That's what they've done. They've, they've just had to capitalize it. There is some re- there's a really profound moment. There's some profound moments in this film. Why did we need to go and revisit Zod? Why could we not have seen Reverse Flash? There's, I've got about 500 questions. And I could do about 15 pods on it, but we, we can't. Um, so that's also pretty much where we're at. Free, so it's pretty difficult, but yeah. Yeah, it's really hard doing spoiler free. Um, we, the one thing I would say is if DC are going to go at it, they do need to just take a completely different route to Marvel and just, and just go double down on the, we are a bare minimum 15 like rated like universe. And we are, we are going, we're going hard. We're going dark. Or, and it's going to be different. Go back to the old days of like for its faults, Joker was interesting because it was a one-off. I know it's ironically now having a sequel, but it was like not connected to anything. <laughs> it just went, it's this. This is it. This is it. Take it's the it. king of comedy right. and Taxi Driver. <laughs> rolled into one. That's yeah, what it is. This it, is it. No, but it was that thing. They didn't then say, oh, is it connected to Patterson's Batman? They're like, no, just leave it. It's just this. Just watch this and, and deal with this. And like, if you make a few good ones and then you want to link and build on it, then that's a conversation for another day concentrate on good solo film if Patterson's Batman was a good solo film I don't need all the Super. rest of the stuff I kind of like want that for Nightwing and stuff as well like I'd love like a Nightwing film but just on its own who would your Nightwing be who would honest, your Dick Grayson really be I up for Nolan coming back to do it with um, I forgot his name from the end of um, Chris O'Donnell no <laughs> in the end of the third uh, in the Dark Knight Rises it sets up Robin right yeah. I, I would love the film where it was him like struggling to either be Batman or him as Nightwing. I thought that would have been really cool. Um, there's so much stuff I've not seen from DC, like the Red Hood, all like the good this, stuff. Oh god! Like, all the yeah, to be all yeah, you're right. All the good, good stuff. stuff that fans enjoy is the stuff that doesn't get done. It's like Death of Superman gets hashed out, whatever else. There's another question. Ah, speaking of the Death of Superman, we've got David Ellis who writes in. Oh yeah, regular listener of the pod. Thank you very much. Um, should Superman have been killed off in Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice or was it too soon? Was his death earned? I think we touched on this earlier that there needed to be a Man of Steel 2 at least. I think having him, you've watched him for two hours and 13 minutes of the first film and he's only been Superman for about an hour and 13 minutes of that in the suit. So to then go from that to him barely being in Batman v Superman, Batman even leads the title. <laughs> like it's it's a, it was a weird one for me i kind of wish that as i said if in an ideal world what would have been we would have had man of steel 2 we would have known more about henry cavill's superman then we would have had bvs batman appear at the end of man of steel 2 into bvs the reaction to man of steel i love the start of bvs when it shows that all the end of man of steel from a different perspective and you see how shocking it was for like uh, Bruce Wayne, love that setup. Could understand why he wants to kill him. I'm game. Um, but him dying in the second one, when screen time wise, he probably only done about two hours, maybe two and a half of being Superman. Probably is not enough, really. Well, um, actually, not 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 enough, really. It wasn't. Oh God, not <clears> like <throat> facts. It wasn't enough for me. I mean, uh, so for me, I. Uh, the, to kill off Superman, you really, really need to go hard. Like you've you've got to build it and build it and build it. I just think Superman's often criticized. The reason why Superman's so difficult to get right is because 
he is Superman. Like that, his name who's says it fight? all, right? Who does he fight? Who does he fight? Well, he fights Doomsday. And in the comics from uh, like early nineties, mm. they we see there's a there's a literally a four graphic novel run about Superman dying. There, there, it's, yeah, it's a fact, Superman. like it happens. Mm-hmm. So to see Superman die in the would that be the third second film? The second film. And that's why people take absolutely issue. not. And absolutely the fact that he obviously was not. Clear he was going to come back, and I get the. Look, it all goes back to Warner Brothers, really, and DC, which is it was it was a rush job to catch up with Avengers, and like there's like I think we all know that really, um, and unfortunately it affects it affected decisions artistically and story wise, and we are where we are. It's a shame. It's such a shame. If you're going to kill off Superman, right? You, you, it needs to be your end game. I can still enjoy. You know what I mean? like, yeah, if I can, I can still enjoy the Snyder trilogy, though, for what it is. I mean, it's not perfect, but it's again, it's like the best with the interference he had of what he could produce. And I feel like the first one is probably the best one of them because it was the one that the studio were on board for and allowed him to just get on with it. Yeah, and on you could that say sour note. You could kind of say Superman dying is one of DC's biggest ever stories, and so mm. for that regard, like y- you really have to get it right, and so not really having a big run up. And 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 by the way, I'm, I'm sure that David Ellis is a big comic fan, um, and I would be able to speak way more articulately on the topic had it been about four or five years ago. Did you hear the original idea though for Justice League was well, so at the end of the Snyder cut basically classic they don't win and then barry allen goes back in time initially that was gonna be like a cliffhanger ending and then the sequel was going to be about the fact that lois lane actually fell in love with ben affleck's batman and superman would have gone dark on that reason because of the affair and then lois dies and he blames batman i.e the vision that you see in batman v superman of a dark um superman killing people and it's like ezra miller's flash had ran back and said that lois is the key have i come back is it too soon I would have loved to have seen all of that played out. And I feel robbed that I never will. And instead I got the Flash film. Well, anyway, look. Removed note. removed from the plot of the Flash. Um, do you think... So, should Nick Cage have battled a giant spider in Tim Burton's Superman Lives? Or is the this best left as a footnote in movie history? Uh, there's a YouTube video about Superman Lives, which everyone should watch. You can see footage of him in the suit, and you can see uh, storyboards and stuff. It's really cool. I think there's a documentary as well that you can buy on Blu-ray about it. Um, however, I would have loved to have seen that, but it's never going to happen. <laughs> so, it's what it is. I kind of... It, it's that weird era, though, where CG would have been not great, so I don't know what they would have done. Do you know what I mean? I'm not sure how they'd pull it off. Because if you think back to Batman and Robin is 97, so it would have been a similar time. There's no CG in that, or it's like very minimal. We're talking like Lost World territory. I don't really know if they'd be very good at doing a CG double at that point. I don't think they'd be brave enough. It's like CG doubles were new when it happened for Spider-Man in 2001. So And it looked dreadful. Yeah, so I don't really know where we'd be with a 97 Superman. Unless they just put him in the system that... Um, Oh, I forgot his name. Christopher Reeve used to do, but with a green screen instead. Because that probably could have worked. I suppose that that would have worked, but you would have been limited with what you could have done. But yeah, frustrating, yeah. guys. Frustrating. 
Right, leave you with one. Mm-hmm. Kate Reviews Films writes in with the last question. Affleck and Keaton movie, or Cal and Cavill movie, what's your pick? Cal Cavill. I don't Why? really have any interest in watching two Batmans running around together because I like Batman working alone. I don't really, I'm kind of done with the multiverse thing. I don't need the multiverse thing for that second option of Superman. Yeah, at least Superman. they're cousins, you know. At least Cal and Cavill are cousins, and, and, and I really liked what I've seen from, uh, from Cal. I wanted in... that originally. Like in Man of Steel, there's an Easter egg, which is there's a one of the tubes has in, um, you see, he's still working. And that his idea was eventually to visit Supergirl. There you go, there then. There you go. Well, there you go. Right, guys. John, anything more from you? I'm just sad. I, genuinely, I just like having enjoyed that film so much today. It just makes me sad. Like, Do you think we've done it justice? Huh, good choice of words. Um, I feel like... I hope so. I always find it hard when we talk about films we're really, really passionate about because you always, I will come off here and think about twenty things I didn't say, and I'm annoyed. And a hundred percent, my notes are my notes are brimming things. with stuff. But hey ho, yeah, hopefully. Well, Keaton, Keaton is the oldest on-screen Batman that we've ever seen at seventy-one years old, and he's great, and he's absolutely superb, really fun, um, and with that, John. On next episode, you're on holiday. Where are you going? Abroad. Now I'm going to Spain. <laughs> like, like all of our fans are going to go and get him. <laughs> He's going to Spain. Uh, how long are you going for? Uh, ten days. Cool. So when are you back? We're not organising the next pod recording session on on air, are we? Is that is that well, what we've come to? Anyway, the next pod recording <laughs> is going to be a film noir or femme fatale femme femme fatale episode um we've got a guest coming on the show uh it should be really really fun actually especially because i've got a lot of research to do um to even come close to um to her in terms of knowledge john doesn't even know who it is which is which i'm finding extremely amusing um maybe i just won't tell him until we actually do the pod maybe i won't even tell him what films we're going to do on the pod john where can they find you at jcb.video Oh, yeah. And you can find us at Movies in a Pod Shell. Uh, you can also write into our YouTube channel. We've got a YouTube channel, by the way. I nearly forgot like about that. Like and subscribe, guys. Okay, so, guys, I'm we've got a joking, YouTube channel. But also, like, do. Like, Can, like could you guys. like and subscribe our YouTube channel? Um, so, you can type in uh, M I A P S, my apps. You can type in Movies in a Pod Shell, all one word on YouTube. We've got four episodes up. I'm slowly but surely trying to just upload the pod soon you're going to get full-blown video from both of us. You're going to get JCB video uh, up in your grill. Um, we've also obviously got a um, Gmail. So if, you, if you've if you got a really long question, you can write it into uh, at moviesinapodshow at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, as always, go on your Spotify, click the bell icon. Um, I remember I said something naughty last, last time. Um, click the bell icon uh, and go on to Apple. Subscribe to us on Apple as well. And what that means is when we release a new episode, it's going to flash up on your phone and you're going to get dead excited. Um, and then what you're going to do is you're going to go and rate us five stars because we only accept five stars. Wow, wow, we were. Uh, John's just put up a love heart. <laughs> He's just put up a love heart to me. Um, well, I think that's it, isn't it? More love hearts from John after we go off air. Uh, see you later we'll be back for a film noir episode for f- episode 58 probably see ya